Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1157. Woo! September 25th, 2023. 91 degrees on this day. Oof. 1920. And 31 degrees on this day in 1926. Hail the flashlight, King. Hail you! And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. The other day I was speculating how many Elmers we've had as governor. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, Bert writes, there were three Minnesota governors named Elmer. Two were Andersons, one was a Benson. There was also a Halmar Peterson, H-J-A-L-M-A-R. Okay. Halmar. Halmar. Sounds suspiciously like a Scandinavian version of Elmer. So as many as four Minnesota governors were Elmer. And we've had one, Tim the Shave Walls. He'll clean you out or, or up. Get it? Shave, clean you up. Oh, I got you. Clean okay. you out of your uh, money. That didn't that's, work. I was going to say, that's kind of a, yeah, that's a long way to go. Bert, uh, <laughs> save that stuff for the professionals, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you'll recall, I had a great note from uh, a, a frequent emailer from days in the past named Hillavy, who moved to, my, uh, to Colorado and was teaching up in the mountains and sent us... Uh, a note indicating that a teaching position was open at the Guffey oh, Community yes. Center School. Mm-hmm. Elevation 8,891 feet, looking for a grade 5-8 teacher, a little mountain school, Monday through Thursday work week, small class of 8 to 12 students. And it's all conventional, and they, they actually like America. They like the United States. They're passionate about traditional education. They teach face-to-face from books and classic literature and real history and traditional math. Uh, Why hasn't a GLer jumped on this? I have a follow-up note. They've been paying too much attention? Well, what they a boy. pay about six grand a year. What's the... What's the and, and you probably need three grand a year to live there. Well, yeah. I got a note from Kelly McGuire. Hi, Joe. My name is Kelly, G.L. Kelly. I am the administrator for Guffey Community Charter School in Guffey, Colorado. Hillary Peterson wrote a letter to you that you read on your show September 13th about our teaching position here at our little school. I wanted to touch base with you to see if you could make a shout out to your listeners to connect with us directly. In other words, these people are serious about hiring a GLer. Maybe I'll do it. Oh, God. Huh? Wouldn't that be neat? That'd be great. <laughs> Mr. Souchere, that would be fun to see you deal with about 11 months of winter. Yeah. I bet it's a b- more beautiful winter there, though, than here. Yeah, no doubt. Winter yep. is beautiful. I'm going off the track here for a moment. Winter is beautiful. It's not beautiful in an urban setting when the snow turns gray and ash-colored from... Crud it's also the length. It, it's beautiful for about well, six minutes. Thanks to climate change, 
<laughs> Maybe we'll just keep getting warmer and warmer. I'd be okay with that. Me too. <laughs> uh, back to uh, Ms. McGuire, McGuire, McGuire out in Colorado. I wanted to touch base with you to see if you could make a shout out to your listeners to connect with us directly. We haven't had any inquiries, so I'm trying to reach out to see if I can try one more time simply because you chose to read that letter and it made our kids so happy to hear about our school on the show. They had hope in finding that special teacher that we are so desperately trying to find for our unique little school in the Rockies. And then she gives me her email address and the telephone number. If anyone is interested, please call or email me for further details about that position. Your listeners can refer to that original air date to get details as well. Hillavy was an amazing teacher that we all miss so much and only hope to find someone half as good as she was. Thanks, Hillavy, for making this happen and writing a letter that intrigued Joe so much he decided to read it that day. And thank you, Joe, for reading that special letter. And she also attached the position in a file. So I have that, and I have I have her email address. I have the school's telephone number, and I'm very, very serious when I think, what a fun gig this would be mm-hmm. for a young GL teacher who got through the failed academy somehow intact and would like to apply uh, uh, an absolute love of America and conventional teaching about conventional subjects to kids up in the up in the mountains of Colorado. What if you're a young GL or GLer who's a skier? Huh? Huh? Joe, Joe, what was the name of the gal that was corresponding with us for a while? She's a teacher. She was a fan of this show and Lee. my talk. Lee. Lee. Oh, it was Lee in Milwaukee. Yeah, but she's from here. Yes. Or uh, Minneapolis, the uh, Twin Cities, I should say. Yes. Well, there you are, GLers. Uh, GL parents, uh, you might want to mention this to your kid or or replay the September 13th show for your kid. And then today, I'll hang on to this like I did Hillary's uh, email. You know, you're always kind of evolving as a, as a radio host. I am, Is aren't this... I? Except we're not on the radio. Well, but as a host, I should say, of a show... Is this going to be a new feature on GL? We're going to do like a community notes kind of a thing? Uh, Chris, I, I I think that this... Uh, I have 18 mallard duck decoys to get rid of. I will leave them on the end of my driveway. Anybody wishing to... No, I... I hey, I got another sack of grain. Anybody need that? Uh, anybody want to buy an old lawn chair? It needs to be refurbished, but it will be perfectly functional. Album. Yeah, yeah, I got an old Hedy's album. Somebody might want to uh, chance to hear. It's got pancakes on the ground. We've become a podcast flea market. No. For God's sake. Welcome to the trading post. <laughs> Are you guys that stupid? No, we're just having a laugh. Well, you don't have a laugh with this. What have we... A big important theme in GL is the destruction right. of the academy. That is true. That Here is comes true. along a very unique situation that did not need to be ridiculed by your sophomoric behavior and turn it into trading post, okay? All right. Because I'm not, I'm not doing this for anything else except... Except this, I can't think of a more unique situation that didn't deserve airtime than this. Hillavy, I apologize if you were offended. 
We've been talking about trees. Do you have some funny remarks about trees and no, tree equity because and I've been, tree fairness? I've been banned from playing the song. You have. But this John O. writes, he's got a great point. Uh, he was reading the Las Vegas Review Journal last week. That's Vegas's daily newspaper. <laughs> the U.S. Department of Agriculture has awarded $5 million to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas uh, for the Las Vegas Urban Forest Center to plant 3,000 trees. Ah. Okay, the math is only one interesting aspect of this. It's one of 385 projects totaling roughly a billion dollars selected by the federal government. We've already covered who here is getting the billion. Mm -hmm. And this guy says, my math says that's $1,666 per tree. But that isn't the most interesting part. He writes, I'd like to note, Las Vegas is in a desert. <laughs> Trees are essentially an invasive species. There's no mention in the article of how these trees will be watered in an area that is constantly fighting to conserve precious water. Well, he's absolutely right. Well, wow, that's a good point. We could, we could add this. Common sense is no longer applicable in public matters because public matters have grown so all-inclusive that not only does the matter at hand get forgotten, but a massive windmilling takes over. Boy, that one's getting long. It's getting hard to put on a... On a sign in the uh, lobby there. That's, that's a long one, Joe. I know, but I'm thinking, <clears throat> this is windmilling. You come up with all these do-gooder efforts. You are fated to bring into play some sort of windmilling. Right, and it's so wrought with the potential of fraud, as you were mentioning earlier, or last week, with the trees associated oh, here. good Lord. Windmilling almost seems too calm of a term for it, doesn't it? But you're bringing trees to an area that is conserving water. You're bringing trees to a desert where there have been no trees, and you're going to require water to transform the desert into an equitable shade tree situation <laughs> right. for the residents of Vegas. It'll turn things it, around. It brings to mind the old Sam Kinison bit about trying to grow things in the desert. If you oh, right. oh, I Sam's love that. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, suggests maybe they, they should move, maybe. Go move to where, where there's the, dirt! Where there's food. <laughs> uh Again, uh, all you have to do is watch a television show from the 70s that would have had occasion to do some filming in Vegas. And as I said, I spent a lot of time in Vegas in the 70s, not because I wanted to. I don't like Vegas. Uh, my God, no, nothing has grown faster than Vegas. It's just incredible. Except for government. You know, to watch an episode of the Rockford Files from 1976 where he's going down what I can only presume is, uh, what do you call the main drag? The Strip? The Strip. The, the strip. strip, and all you see on either side of the street is desert and occasionally a building. Mm. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Just amazing. In any event, uh, that's an email from uh, John. He's got a great point. 
uh, forget the fraud, forget everything else, how are you going to water the damn things? The possibility of common sense cannot be exercised in public matters because public matters now include more factors than what was being discussed in the first place. That's already too wordy. I, I, I know, feel... but thank you for taking that down. That was a good recap. Yeah, well, that's that's quoting you exactly. Right, that, that was that's, the original your quote. Yeah, yeah, but now somehow windmilling has to be factored into that dynamic because this this Vegas thing is windmilling. We'll get you trees because we're really into this tree equity BS. Right. Okay, we'll take them. Well, wait a minute, we have to have water. This is the but desert. I, we don't have water. If it gets any longer, it's it's going to be a manifesto. It's going from, you know, a company. <laughs> and then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live in a little log hut in Montana. A hut. And demand that the New York Times print my manifesto. Like Ted. Yeah. No more, no yeah. more Wyoming. My man. I'm going to move to Montana if I okay. get the hut. Got it. Don't don't send me any mail, please, Joe. I yeah, won't. We're I won't send you any mail. <laughs> Uh, more on trees from Scott Mature in Montana. On Friday, you read the piece on this administration funding the planting of trees in various cities to mitigate extreme heat in marginalized areas. Hmm. Brenda Mallory has said that these areas lack access to nature, but isn't this in direct contradiction to the 15-minute city? See, they we have progressives who want us to live in a 15-minute city where everything in our needs is within 15 minutes. Got it. When they finally achieve their goal of the 15-minute city and a majority of us are in a government car that can have extremely limited access to charging and can be turned off remotely, poor quality and unsafe public transportation, small Soviet-style cinder block housing with limitations to cooking and heat sources, and now preconditioning to accept staying at home for any number of reasons, heat, pandemics, air quality, etc., because it's not safe out there, then no one will have access to nature. Then, all any of us will have access to is their designated green zones, because nature will be off limits. Not sure it gets discussed much in Minnesota, but the government is scooping up land in Montana at an accelerated rate. No coincidence that we grow a lot of wheat and barley and raise a lot of beef here. Pushing back with access to nature, Scott Matura, Matura whose pronouns are mountain and mountainous. <laughs> when we discussed that, that was Friday, correct? Mm -hmm. Did we bring up the fact that nobody asked people, like, like in our case in Minneapolis or St. Paul, it would be in Minneapolis would be the north side, right? Mm-hmm. That's where they want to plant these trees. Yes. Did anybody ask the citizens of North Minneapolis how they feel about this? And if they had their, their priorities, where would money be thrown? Would yeah. it be at trees or would it be to make the streets and, and everything safe? Would they like the gunfire to keep going and the, the trees to grow or vice versa? Well, what they're they not doing? asked uh, because <clears throat> they don't know as well as the uh, people running the city. No, the people in Washington know what's good for them. Is that, that's what the takeaway that's is? Exactly it. Uh, can I give you a preview of Monday Night Sports Talk? Yes, You're going to talk farming? No. <laughs> I can link the NFL to Minneapolis's struggle with the Department of Public Safety. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The NFL, National Football League, with? The Department of Public Safety of Minneapolis, where they have, oh, I don't know, 15 different people 
with roles that presume to be in charge of public safety. They, you lost Cedric the Entertainer. Now you got to find a new guy. They brought in that judge. He's got one position. Then you got a police chief, and you got all kinds of other people. In the meantime, there is no public safety. The car theft rate will set a record this year, for example. All right. All right. In the NFL, they got about 25 coaches on each team. Okay. Okay. If you have 25, just as in Minneapolis, when you have 15 people in charge, nobody's in charge. It's the same way on an NFL team. You got 25 coaches all screaming from the press box vantage point with 22 seconds left on the clock, all screaming. No one's in charge. No one's well, in charge. The NF, the Vikings could revolutionize the league and themselves by having three coaches, a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a defensive coordinator. End of story. That's it. I don't disagree with anything you just said. The flaw in your argument, though, is every team operates the same way. Yeah, but now let them be unique and operate a new way. Because I want to know, I'll never, no one would ever be honest with me at the team, of course. How many people were talking to Cousins in his headset when he had his hands cupped to his helmet? How many people were talking to him, I wonder? Probably just the one. That's what you assume, but what's to keep an offensive coordinator from yelling down? I don't know. What's to keep the wide receiver coach from yelling down? If he's got 15 people talking in his ear, you deserve to lose. We'll, that's my. That's it. Okay, I want to stop now. There it is. That's stop. I'll stop. <laughs> we'll find out more during Monday Night Sports Talk. Right. We, we know uh, when we return, uh, one of my predictions has come true. Really? And you'll. Uh, I how long ago you made the prediction? Uh, well, you'll find out because you have kept those, haven't you? Kept all the uh, prediction oh, yeah. numbers. Yeah, they're right at my fingertips. Oh, this was yeah. uh, <laughs> this was prediction number. I think of one thousand one hundred thirty-six. Look that up, and then I'll corroborate that with you. Don't tell me what it is now, Okay, but look that up. <laughs> okay. Now, 1,136. 1136. He's got okay, it in his various documents yeah, related to I don't know if I've read that before. The Were there any amendments to that prediction? Did, did it change no, down it the line change. at any point? No, it did not change. 1136. Uh, James Hensley writes, I don't think I read this. Thank you, Precision Garage Door. I wanted to send an email thanking you for recommending Precision Garage Door. My house is currently on the market, and we have showings along with an open house lined up from now through the weekend. Uh, the wife and I returned home from shopping, and three minutes after we got inside, I heard a loud noise coming from the garage, and in my gut, I knew what it was. Did I read this one I, yet? I don't think I did. I after further inspection, it was confirmed a broken spring. My first thought was, oh, man, I don't need this now. And my second thought was, I'm going to call Joe's guy, which isn't a guy, but it's the whole family. I called at 2.53 p.m. A young lady said they could do it from 3 to 5 or 6 to 8. I said, what day this week do you have these openings? She said, today. I said, that's great, and scheduled the 3 to 5 window. At 3.09, James, the technician, called to introduce himself and said he was in Hudson and could get to Maple Grove in about 50 minutes. Traffic must have been good because he arrived at 3.50, looked at the door, very clearly explained what he would be doing, and then got to work. Mm. After replacing the spring, I could hear him raising and lowering the door, so I went out there. He was adjusting the opener so that it moved as smoothly as possible, and it does. After he was done, we talked for a little bit. Uh, swapping fishing stories and sharing some of our favorite fishing spots. All of this was done within the 3 to 5 p.m. window. 
Thank you, Precision Garage Door, for your prompt service and saving the day while I'm trying to sell my house. May I interject something here? Oh, that's yes. key. I have recently taken it upon myself to uh, purchase and install a couple of overhead garage doors, and I think I'm at the point now, my expertise is that that I, I can go into business and probably compete with Precision Garage Door. Mm-hmm. Here's my timeline. You call me up. I arrive at your place, and within three weeks, I'll have that door working half-assed, half-assed working. It'll be kind of askew. It'll make weird noises. But let me tell you something. Three weeks, I'll have her done for you. It may or may not work. Either that, or you can call Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. Do it the right way. Get it done the same day. Get it done correctly. PrecisionDoorMN.com or 612 Two six three six nine eight five. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Get on that pocket computer, scroll over to uh, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. You're going to meet Rich, the owner. He's right there on the front page, owner, proprietor. And uh, you'll see the best safes ever made, fitting and filling your needs, our needs, customers. That's his deal. You're going to see him. The service, the advice, the guidance, everything you get from Rich will take all of the mystery out of the purchase process. I'm sure you have questions about safes, Liberty safes. When it comes to protecting your valuables, Maple Grove Lock and Safe is the best option here in the Midwest. He's been at it for over 30 years, and they have just the right unit that will fit your needs, and Rich will help you through that progress, uh, that process. Talk to him about what your expectations are, and he will, I mean, he's going to walk it home for you. He also offers full commercial and residential lock and safe services, including your automobile. Uh, and refurbishing and repair. If you haven't had a chance, please log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com and then stop in and say hi to the man himself, 6901 East Fish Lake Road in Maple Grove, Maple Grove Lock and Safe. From Cowboy State Daily, a new electric vehicle battery factory in Kansas is demanding so much energy. How much energy is it demanding? That the state is delaying the retirement of a coal plant to make sure the EV plant (laughs) has enough power. (laughs) I love the government car. It's the $4 billion Panasonic electric vehicle battery factory in DeSoto, Kansas, built to help satisfy the Biden administration's efforts to get everyone into an EV. Mm. They won't get me in one. I do not want a government car. It also will help extend the life of a coal-fired power plant. The Japanese company was slated to receive $6.8 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act, ah. which has been pouring billions into electric vehicles and battery factories as part of its effort to transition America away from fossil fuels. <laughs> The Kansas City Star reported that the factory will require between 200 and 250 megawatts of electricity to operate. That's roughly the amount of power needed for a small city. In testimony to the Kansas City Corporation Commission, which is the state's equivalent of the Wyoming Public Service Commission, a representative of, of a representative of Evergy, 
The utility serving the factory said that the 4 million square foot Panasonic facility creates near-term challenges from a resource adequacy perspective. As a result, the utility will continue to burn coal at a power plant near Lawrence, Kansas, and it will delay plants to transition units at the plant to natural gas. Now you've got the environmentalists upset. The situation reflects an ignored fact about EVs. They require enormous amounts of energy to produce. Mm-hmm. A 15-pound lithium-ion battery holds about the same amount of energy as a pound of oil. To make that battery, it requires 7,000 pounds of rock and dirt to get the minerals that go into that battery. The average EV battery weighs around 1,000 pounds. See you. All of that mining and factory processing produces a lot more carbon dioxide emissions than a gas-powered car. So EVs have to be driven around 50 to 60,000 miles before there's a net reduction in uh, output of pollutants. Hi, uh, uh, Emily, Emily Arthun, CEO of the American Coal Council, was in Washington, D.C. this week speaking with federal lawmakers and members of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Arthun lives in Gillette, Wyoming, told Cowboy State Daily that there's a growing recognition of the need for coal to supply baseload power. <laughs> I, I met with senators and representatives <laughs> who understand that we're going to need coal for far longer than people are talking about, Arthun said. The Inflation Reduction Act, which hasn't done anything to reduce inflation, has it? No. But wait, but it says it in the name. That means I know, it's working. I, I wish it did work. Oh. Aims to produce more energy industries here in America, and Arthun said there's a growing recognition that these are energy-intensive. People are starting to understand that energy needs are increasing and these premature coal-fired power plant closures are a liability. Representative Cyrus Western. Cyrus. Republican Bighorn. Okay. Told Cowboy State Daily that many people are unaware of how energy is produced to create a reliable grid. Kilowatts don't fall out of the sky. New. Besides energy demand for the industrial capacity in America, there will be more demands placed on the grid to charge these vehicles. Well, you know the drill, folks. These are government cars. We are poorly led, and this is yet another example of so many entities involved in the production of just one item that there is no way for this massive government where the buck never stops, there is no way for them to even have a system of checks and balances. There was no one in Washington to say, well, wait a minute. Do we understand clearly how much energy is going to be required to produce 1,000-pound batteries? No, no, nobody cares. Did anyone say that? No. Did anyone say, do we all understand what it will do to the earth to mine 
the minerals required to create a 1,000-pound battery. And do any of us here care about the fact that in many cases, uh, there is so much corruption in the mines owned and run by Chinese authorities in Africa that you have children involved and mothers with their children trying to pluck these precious metals out of the ground in exchange for a nickel so they can eat. Did we ever stop to think about that, anyone? Never been brought up. Have we we ever seen an (laughs) eight-year-old on a uh, oil platform drilling for oil? Have we ever seen (laughs) that? Not not yet. Can you imagine, though, the price of those uh, commodities if they were mined in the United States? Mm -hmm. we got to keep them in China, Joe. Come on. Mm -hmm. That's how America works. Uh, you mentioned we're poorly led. Did you see uh, Ocasio-Cortez on oh. Face the Nation over oh. the weekend? No, and if I knew she would have been on, I would not have watched it. <laughs> I think it might be a case of windmilling because she was asked by the host, and I'm going to have to paraphrase here, why she still owns a Tesla, um, an Elon Musk-made car uh, made by uh, non-union factories. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, uh, she said, I think, last fall that she was looking into trading it in and blah, blah, blah. Go ahead, Chris. You got it. You were quoted back in July saying you look forward to buying a union-made electric vehicle. But you buy, but you currently have a non-union-made mm-hmm. Tesla. <laughs> UAW already makes some electric vehicles. Yes. So why wasn't that? Is it a problem with the... The quality? Is it a problem with the style? Is the market just not there? Uh, no. The, our car was purchased uh, during the pandemic when travel mass, before a, a vaccine had come out. So travel between New York and Washington, the safest way that we had determined was an EV, but that was prior to um, some of the new models coming out on the market that had the range available. Uh, but we're actually looking into trading in our car now. So we're looking into it and hopefully we will soon. <laughs> I'm hearing the Fred Flintstone backpedal sounder. <laughs> she blamed it that there, there wasn't a vaccine, Joe. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I love how she twisted it. And not once was a normal car brought up. What are your thoughts there, Joe? That is uh, yep. such small potatoes. Uh, multiply her incompetence by whatever number you want to choose in Washington, D.C., where there is no shame. Uh, She has no shame in being a hypocrite. Uh, You've got a New Jersey, is it a senator or a rep, Menendez? Uh, He's a rep, right? A rep, uh, apparently, allegedly taking bribes, and they find gold bars in his house and pocket stuff full of cash and and uh, they think they have the goods on them and his only response is trying to figure out a different way he'll run in the primary he has no he has no shame there's no shame you've got Fetterman who needs to be at the Hayes residence on Randolph yes, Avenue yes. Hayes in, Haven in St. Paul God's little leaker uh, you've got You've got people in walkers. Uh, I'm going to be in one soon. I'm not ripping walkers. But you've got such a geriatric set trying to cling to this. If it isn't clear, it is not clear. It's not clear to the American public. You, we have all been deceived. These people have no interest in our welfare. 
zero interest in the welfare okay. of American citizens. All zero. Right. They're Help there for here. their own game. <clears throat> Help me out here. I just had a thought, and you might have to talk me off the ledge. Nothing's ever going to change. This, you can be as optimistic as you want about the, the Republicans running a viable candidate or the Democrats finally pulling their heads out of their ass. It, nothing's going to change. It's going to remain the third rail. The only way things are going to change if the government completely and totally fails. The government needs to shut down for a year or more so we can start over. Talk me out of that. I, I don't think that would work. A, they're not going to let it shut down. They'll have a miraculous agreement Thursday. They always do. Mm -hmm. And B, uh, you're you're right when you said this will never change because it has become too vast. Yeah, it's just. Too big and too all-intrusive of American life. None of it having anything to do with American life, only affecting American life. The two examples we just gave, Cortez and this idiot from, where'd you say, New York? New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, that's proof yeah. that nothing will ever change. She actually said our car was purchased during the pandemic before a vaccine had come out. Yeah, I, I don't know what a vaccine had to do with the purchase of a car. Nothing, nothing mm -hmm. whatsoever. I, I think and her she, point was, which makes no sense anyway, is that they had to drive and they couldn't take, you know, public transportation. They couldn't oh. fly. They, they couldn't take the train, that kind of thing. And thing. they couldn't pull up to a gas pump and, and fill up a car full of gas exactly. and drive that? Mm -hmm. Well, the e the EV movement had started in time for her to be on board with it. So I suppose she thought it looked good when they, they I presume she's talking about her guy. Uh, she and her guy thought, well, we better for looks buy a, an electric car. But the fact that she bought it from Musk, a non-union outfit. Mm -hmm. And when what do Democrats preach all the time? Unions, unions, unions. Mm -hmm. And you unions, uh, I, I hope you clearly understand how the demand for EVs is going to affect your livelihood. This is a strike brought about by the Biden administration. Hmm. The car companies can't make money making EVs. And so they can't, they can't come up with 40% wage increases. So but back to my question, what's it going to take? To get change. Uh, let me see if I have your answer. Donald J. Trump. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. Drop the mic. That's tremendous. I, uh, let me see if I have this. <clears throat> oh, it was an email. It's not going to change. It, I'll no, answer my own it's, question. It's never going to change. Can it's you only, let me be yeah. the voice of... Uh, yeah, I know, doom. John. I know the answer to my question. It, not only will it not change, it's going to get worse. But that's why so many people that that vote, they, they feel hep helpless, right? Because they, they understand that no matter what their intentions might be, none of this is going to we are turn, matter. You, Chris, we're turning into the USSR. We're just worker bees, yeah. and we have nothing to do with just our own future. We cannot... Yeah, we have no control of our own destiny. Keep your mouth. Before it's too late. Remember Khrushchev's prediction? 
this is a sobering reminder. It's almost 62 years since Russia's Khrushchev delivered this. Many of you may not remember his quote or even were alive when Mr. Khrushchev of the Soviet Union made his remarks. On September 29, 1959, here was his entire quote. Your children's children will live under communism. You Americans are so gullible. No, you won't accept communism outright, but we'll keep feeding you small doses of socialism until you finally wake up and find you already, you already wow. have communism. We will not have to fight you. We will so weaken your economy until you will fall like overripe fruit into our hands. The democracy will cease to exist when you take away from those who are willing to work and give to those who would not. Ian goes on. Remember socialism leads to communism. So how do you create a socialist state? There are nine levels of control. Read the following recipe. One, health care. Control health care and you control the people. Two, poverty. Increasing the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you're providing everything for them. Three, debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you're able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Four, gun control. Remove the ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you're able to create a police state. Number five is welfare. Take control of every aspect, food, housing, income of their lives because that will make them fully dependent on the government. Education. Take control of what people read and listen to and take control of what children learn in school. Religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools because the people need to believe in only the government knowing what's best for the people. Class warfare. Divide the people into wealthy and the poor. Eliminate the middle class. This will cause more discontent and will be easier to tax the wealthy with the support of the poor. And number nine, control the media. Not much left for our comrade Jacinda to do. As I read through each point, I realized while I was reading just how far we have followed that road. It really is quite devastating. I'll leave it with you. Joe, wow. I, I hate to be that guy again. Oh, oh come Christ. on, John. No. Khrushchev never made those remarks. Well, I don't care who the, made them. They're true. It was yeah, somebody else, somebody else made the whole thing up. And no, he made the, the he made the initial quote. He did not oh. at the United Nations. That's where everybody says they came from. And when you see a transcript of that speech, his speech basically uh, was talking about ending the Cold War and cutting down missiles. Had nothing to do with social. You know what? I don't care. I still believe it. I don't care if that was made last week. Every word well, whoever, of that yeah. is true. Yes. Somebody made it up, but it wasn't in Nikita Khrushchev. Is the, is the only just got ejected. Thanks, John. <laughs> just got ejected. Just you got should. Ejected. Can you send that to Reavers so we can have a clean audio version who, of that? Uh, who is the I'm trying to see who this to, is? Just for curiosity. It's a guy in New Zealand. It sounded like AI, didn't it? Was it? Sent to me. It sounded like AI with an accent. Rook, yeah. look up Khrushchev's remarks at UN 1959. Well, Joe, let's not get mired down in that, because I think the, the, the words he was saying, everything is true. And if it was, I don't care if it was written last week. It kind of echoes what, remember Paul Harvey had a famous mm -hmm. show in the 60s about if I were the devil. 
I were the devil. Yep. Yeah. He'd do, he'd do such and such. <clears throat> uh, everything mentioned there is happening. But we haven't totally succumbed to yeah, everything mentioned not there. yet. But we're not, from what we've discussed already, we're not able to turn this around. We've got no plan to turn this around. Republicans are not going to win the next um, presidential election. On September 18th, 59, Khrushchev addressed the U.N. General Assembly. An unofficial transcript of this speech by the New York Times shows no evidence that Khrushchev ever made the remarks attributed to him on social media. In the address, he called for gradual disarmament to an end to the Cold War. Nowhere does the outliner plan to introduce socialism to the U.S. by a piecemeal strategy. Multiple sources can confirm that his visit to the U.S. concluded on case okay, 27th of September. And, which means he could not have addressed the U.N. General Assembly on September 29th, 59, as alleged uh, in the post on that's social the guy, media. This date, that's the date this guy gave. Uh, so he, was, he, had a, he left on the 27th. Mm -hmm. uh, Let me amend my... his shoe on the desk? On he, September 23rd, in another address before the U.N., yeah. he alluded to the replacement of capitalism by socialism in the context of contemporary colonial struggles. Hmm. Uh, his quote, his full quote is, it should be clear to everyone that there is no means and no force which can halt this struggle of the peoples for their liberation. For it's a great historic process, one of ever-growing and invincible power. It may be possible to prolong the dominion of one state over another for a year or two, but just as in the past, the bourgeois order of things come to replace uh, feudalism and, as now, socialism is replacing capitalism, so colonial slavery is giving place to freedom. Such are the rules of human development, and only adventurers can believe that mountains of corpses and millions of victims will delay the advent of a radiant future. Hmm. Did he attend, uh, didn't he visit a farm in Iowa? Yes. Yeah. And I believe he and the farmer got along famously. Hmm. He was, he was... He enjoyed his visit to the farm. Nice. Mm, potato vodka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can amend what I uh, I said something about a Republican not winning. Uh, uh, change that to a sane person. Right. With American values will not win uh, the next election. I don't care whose party they're in. I've done everything by scooter lately because the weather's been so good. I want to prolong the scooter season yeah. with my scooter that's Tended for me by EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake in Burnsville. And right now, Scootstar Electric Bikes, 25% off MSRP. Beach Star, Step Through Electric Bikes, $14.99. Bintelli Electric Bikes, on sale starting at $13.99. And this is the intriguing one if you're an old timer. Okay. Yamaha full suspension mountain electric bikes on sale for $34.99. That's a grand off MSRP. And those That's provide nice a chunk. tremendously comfortable ride. All the gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Yeah, the snowmobiles. You might want to get your name on one now. You know it's going to snow. ATVs are in stock. Youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel service, and a great pickup and delivery program for two hundred and seventy bucks. Your scooter gets put into the into storage, dry storage, with a tune-up and battery tending, and the, the whole winter. deal. 
It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's on 97, immediately west of 35. And in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42, EcoFunMotorsports.com. Stop him. You just make a move. <laughs> Is it going to rain? What the hell? Hello? <laughs> um, Call me now. You're not gonna you're at. You're not going to believe this one. Yeah, I'm supposed to do this here now, right, Chris? Yes. This is this is all Kenny. Mm-hmm. So Bugs Be Gone is safe for all finishes, including cast iron. Pots. What? Really? <laughs> Let me really? Me and uh, me and the boy were sitting in the shop at the table, and you know, talking about. Do you, <laughs> eat, do you eat in the shop? Uh, well, that's where I've got my cast iron refurbishing center set up, oh, and I have a, a I have a bottle of uh, Bugs Begone sitting on the table there, and I'm reading it, and it says it gives all the uses, and it says even in the kitchen too. And I'm like, what? Wait what a minute. Like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, where are the bugs? See, again, again, you do not listen to the what's <laughs> I'm, I'm being said. You only, you only listen no, you got to this pots, like you got, you're a you goddamn English teacher sitting up there with a ruler in Tell your hand. Tell me more about the Just center. shut your mouth for a second and try wow. to find the moral of the story. Tell me about Holy the center. <laughs> He's got a whole department. <laughs> The cast iron department. So I walk over to the cast iron center yes. where I've got a pot. I've got a tiny little pot the size of an ashtray. It's in a vat of, um, of vinegar. I pull it out of there I f- and I spray. I fill the little thing up with this seafoam. Bugs be gone. And the old seasoning that I'm trying to get off there starts melting away immediately. Seriously? I couldn't believe what I'm seeing. Uh, and I know bug season is just about done. I mean, if you're seeing bugs in your windshield now, congratulations. I envy you because I love bugs in my windshield because it means dosing it with seafoam and watching them slide down the glass. Seafoam uh, bugs be gone season almost over, but it's not too late to use it in your kitchen because it's safe. It's a water-based formula. It leaves no food. Film, no haze when it's dry. Uh, it's non-toxic, and we can use it not only on all our toys. We can use it on our cast iron pots. It's absolutely amazing. Um, you, you know what? I'm going to challenge you, GLers. Find um, find another use for seafoam bugs be gone, and send me an email. And make sure you use improper English when you send me that uh, <laughs> email because <clears throat> the old professor uh, can't. You know can't, why, uh, GLers? Everybody needs a hobby. But I just, in closing, just another wonderful, wonderful product that really works from Seafoam. 5960. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe my My own eyes. Yeah. It was just amazing. Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. The newly named director of Minnesota's Marijuana Regulatory Agency left the job after one day after being appointed by we, Governor Walsh. We hardly knew you. She didn't last as long as Aaron Rodgers. Boy, we had high <laughs> hopes, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, and NPR News APM vetting process you got there, Gov. Reports investigation found that she ran a business that sold products that exceeded state limits on THC potency, <laughs> owed money to former associates, and accumulated tens of thousands of dollars in tax liens. Oh. 
Erin Dupree was appointed Thursday to head the new state office of cannabis management, but a review of her background raised serious questions about her record and how thoroughly the governor's administration checked it before she got the job. A website for Lunacy Cannabis Company, which was owned by Dupree, advertised products with THC content far above what was legally allowed starting in July of 2022. Mr. Souchere. Well, two things. Uh, I would have started the vetting process with the term lunacy. Uh, that yeah. That's kind of a tip-off to that me. That would have been a red flag. And number two, if she was poorly vetted, aren't they all poorly vetted? Right. What haven't yeah. we caught? I mean, you had a you had a direct, Walls as director of education. Remember, we're supposed to remember that name. Heather Mueller. Thank you. Yep. Uh, not a word we've heard from her yet, but under her watch, you had $250 million scammed by Somalis. Wasn't she vetted? Not that she personally was. I don't think she's illegal. What Whatever right. I'm trying to say is. Yeah. Trying to say. But she was the head of the deal. Right. Who are you mm-hmm. vetting, you people? We're poorly led. And then in the story yesterday in the paper, if you read it, uh, he first the governor said, I take full responsibility. But then every paragraph after, he was blaming the people who didn't check her out. He went full PJ Fleck on it. It was weird as hell. It was like, yeah, I don't know what happened in the process. He's just not much of a guy. Oh, it was just ridiculous. But he did this, John, he did the same thing with the food fraud. Remember when he was grilled Mm -hmm. about that during the campaign? And he said, I was just shocked. Yep, well, that's basically what happened through this well, entire Well, it's the story. people you hired, Walsh. Yeah. Minneapolis is coming close to breaking its record for auto thefts in a year. According to Minneapolis Police Department records, there have been 6,114 motor vehicle thefts since the first of the year. That's about a 50% increase from the same time a year ago when there were 4,110 auto thefts. The city set a record last year with 6,283 total. At the current pace, Minneapolis will establish a new auto theft record well before the end of this year probably within the next month. Minneapolis City Council member Latricia Vita chairs the Public Safety Committee, and she told our 5 Eyewitness News this week her committee will start talking about ways that the city and MPD might be able to better combat the dramatic rise in car thefts. Vita said the St. Paul Police Department and the Ramsey County Sheriff's Office have had good success combating the problem in their jurisdictions with auto thefts down about 36% in those areas. I've asked you... Reverse. Yes, sir. To make a very serious effort to get Shivanti Sandanathan on the air. Mm-hmm. Have you done a follow up? The previous form of communication mm-hmm. is no longer an option, meaning she shut off direct messaging. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to have to find another avenue. And her house, apparently or allegedly, is for sale. Uh, not a word has oh, been spoken really? to mm-hmm. uh, anyone uh, in the media that I'm aware of. And I. Uh, Really, really, really would enjoy talking to her. And uh, I want you to do the best you can. You too, would you get on it? Just yeah, find this like woman and, to, and uh, say, look, discuss. you got to come on with us. Hmm. Uh, you were a vice chair of the uh, either the state party or the city party, and you were an anti-police. You were a defunder, and then you get the crap beat out of you, and now, now you're not a defunder. Where are you? I would love to talk and that's, to her. And that's the very reason why she will not come on and probably won't face any more media unless they're you know, I mean, friendly. she hasn't even been on the old neighbor. Right. No. Well, and that's the reason gone why. Have you Vanita yet? <clears throat> nope. My sweet Vanita? This gal did this morning, <clears throat> I believe, the cannabis woman. Mm, yeah. Okay. But 
that's why she won't go on. And even the most genteel of hosts, they have to ask that question, Joe. They know they do. And right. she knows that, too. And that's why she won't go on. You'd think she'd go on NPR at the very least. Yeah. Because they won't Health ask her. <laughs> no, they, Kathy would ask her. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be the first thing she'd ask. Yeah. Health Partners is continuing to expand in Woodbury, breaking ground this month on a new $50.5 million clinic offering specialty care services in the East Metro suburb. That project is another sign that health systems are resuming capital investments after the shocks from the first months of the COVID-19 pandemic and ballooning expense with ongoing staffing problems. Based in Bloomington, Health Partners says the new 55,000-square-foot two-story facility is needed to keep up with patient demand in Woodbury and nearby communities. The health system expects it'll be completed by winter of 2024. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives is due to try to advance steep spending cuts this week that stand no chance of becoming law and might force a partial shutdown of the U.S. government by oh, next Sunday. Oh, no, not that. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy sought to avoid that scenario when he hammered out a spending agreement with Democratic President Biden this spring, but some members of the party have threatened to depose him if he does not support steeper cuts that are sure to be rejected by the Senate. <clears throat> Hundreds of thousands of federal workers would be furloughed and a wide range of services from financial oversight to medical research would be suspended if Congress doesn't provide funding for the new fiscal year. That would start on October 1st, which is next Sunday. Congress typically misses that deadline and passes stopgap spending bills to avoid disruption while they finish up their work. But McCarthy has been unable so far to muster support for a temporary spending extension as a group of hardline Republicans have refused to go along. McCarthy has put the stopgap bill on hold and instead will advance legislation, uh, legislation that reflects conservative priorities. When the House comes back tomorrow, lawmakers will take up four spending bills for the coming fiscal year that would impose new restrictions on abortion access, undo an $11 billion Biden administration climate initiative and resume construction of the Mexico-U.S. border wall. McCarthy said lawmakers who had blocked spending bills last week were now more willing to cooperate. He told reporters this morning, apparently they're willing to work now so we could have an opportunity. It is a legitimate question. It can, it can, it can take you down the road of right-wing conspiracy nonsense, but... We do send billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine to mm -hmm. help them secure their border, and mm -hmm. our border is wide open. <coughs> That's all I had to say. Is that irony? I don't know what that is. No, it's stupidity. I don't Maybe know it's it not wide open enough. Maybe the government does need to shut down, and everything stops, and there's no more Social Security checks, and there's no more border guards, and there's no more nothing. And that's the only way things are going to change. Six months of complete and total anarchy. <coughs> Excuse me. A Washington Post ABC poll shows President Biden trailing former President Trump by 10 percentage points. Although some of the folks who watch polls say uh, this is probably an outlier because most of the other polls have the two pretty much neck and neck. The poll cites the economy, immigration, and Biden's age as reasons respondents are having their doubts about him running again as the Democratic candidate. This is going to be the longest 13 and a half It's going to be a very it's, strange year. Oh, my God. That's all we're going to hear about for the... Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, Minnesota Representative Dean Phillips said in a podcast release today he is still considering challenging President Biden. No, so Dean, I mean, you don't have the answer. Run, Dean, run! Yeah, yeah please. Dean, 
Uh, Dean said, quote, I am thinking about it. I haven't ruled it out. He told that to political strategist Steve Schmidt on Friday on his podcast, The Warning. Phillips said, I think there are people who are more proximate, better prepared to campaign with national organizations, have national uh, name recognition, which I do not have. But he said, I'm concerned there is no alternative. Um, Rook, you have been assigned with the following. Are you ready? Yes. Frank Caliendo, former fan of the show, is going to be in town September 27th and 28th. We should see if we can get him on. Secondly, and more importantly, retweeted from the Garage Logic podcast Twitter account. Frank was issued a challenge. And that challenge was, can you do your impress- impression of Donald Trump, but in a Batman mask? And he succeeded. <laughs> a lot of people are saying I'm the best Batman. Sleepy Joker, Insane Bane, Nancy Pelosi. They all know I'm keeping Gotham City great. It's a beautiful city. It's a wonderful city. And I'm doing a very, very good job. Don't believe the fake news. They think I'm a vigilante. I'm not a vigilante. I'm a very, very good bat guy. So, Very good bat guy? Very he good was, bat He was guy. in his Batman costume. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Frank, you're brilliant. That was very funny. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of former President Trump, he used his Truth Social account for, well, threats this weekend. He pledged to investigate Comcast, the parent company of NBC and MSNBC, if he's elected in 2024, saying they should be investigated for its, quote, country-threatening treason. Earlier during the weekend, he had this to say about the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. This will be a time for all citizens of the U.S. to celebrate. This guy turned out to be a woke train wreck who, if the fake news reporting is correct, it's kind of doesn't make sense if the fake news reporting is correct, was actually dealing with China to give them a heads up on the thinking. This is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. Meanwhile, as the prosecutions of Trump have accelerated, so too have threats against law enforcement authorities, judges, elected officials, and others. The threats in turn are prompting protective measures, a legal effort to curb his angry and sometimes incendiary public statements, and a renewed concern about the potential for an election campaign in which Trump has promised retribution. Given the attack on the Capitol by Trump supporters January 6, 2021, security experts, law enforcement officials, and others are warning about the potential for lone wolf attacks or riots by angry or troubled Americans who have taken the heated rhetoric seriously. Senator Robert Menendez, Democrat of New Jersey, returned today to Union City, the community where he rose to political prominence to offer a clear answer to former allies who want him to resign in the face of federal bribery charges, simply saying, no, I won't. He said the allegations leveled against him are just that, allegations. Menendez said, I recognize that this will be the biggest fight yet. Not only will I be exonerated, I will still be New Jersey's senior senator. It was the first time he had appeared publicly since federal prosecutors in Manhattan unsealed a 39-page indictment on Friday that accused him and his wife, Nadine Menendez, of accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for wielding his political influence to benefit the government of Egypt and business associates in New Jersey. Investigators found $550,000 in cash and 13 bars of gold bullion during a search of a safe deposit box at the couple's home in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Uh, He did say this morning at the press conference uh, that he had withdrawn the money from the bank uh, because it's more secure to leave it in his house. So that's why he had all that. uh, He met Nadine at the IHOP. She got the giant fake hands and the whole deal. And I've seen the pictures of he kept the money in the envelopes. 
I don't know, man. Well, I don't know, yeah. In the event of a worldwide crash, will gold retain its value? Is there a chance that gold will ever crash? What's he going to do, take a bar of gold to the grocery store? No, I'm talking apocalyptic, end I don't of the know. world, everything's, everything's no, gone No, if that's south. the end of the world, then gold won't make any difference. How about an EV? You know what oh. Don McLean's Don idea is in the event of a, a big worldwide crash? No. Cigarettes. To, oh, to own as yep. many as possible? Have as many cigarettes Truck as possible. Yep. It's going to be the new currency, That's cigarettes. Right. Cigarettes yeah. would be good. Yeah. And booze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screenwriters, union leaders, and Hollywood studios have reached a tentative agreement to end their strike after nearly five months, raising hopes that a crippling shutdown of film and television filming is near an end. Actors, though, do remain on strike, but movement on the writers' demands could mean the actors will find a resolution soon as well. The Writers Guild of America announcing the deal last night in a joint statement with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the group that represents studios, streaming services, and production companies. And Negotiations. An agreement must be approved by the Guild's board and members before the strike officially ends, and that could happen this week. An attempt to make a very amateur link. Who's noticed? I was thinking the same thing. Hey, I'm it, thinking the yeah. government's going to shut down here in a couple days. Well, who the hell's going to notice that? You know what I mean? Has the Hollywood strike impacted your life? It's hurt small businesses. Sure. It's hurt the people who cater to them sure. and what It hasn't you. affected my life one bit. I don't know that I'm missing anything. What about that what Drew government? Barrymore show? You need to watch that every day, don't you? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> the government shutdown probably would have a bit more of an impact, though. Especially to say to those who shut must it down. Those what did we do? Checks. When did we shut down? If it last? shuts down, John, you still get a social <laughs> security check. Oh, thank God! Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Twenty eighteen. When did we shut down? Was it twenty eighteen? I don't recall, Chris. I don't know, Chris. Eventually, though, those social security checks are going to stop, and the IRS is going to stop collecting money, and everything's going to crash. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. And we need cigarettes. Anarchy. You want anarchy in the UK? He with the most bullets wins. <laughs> I was right. The most recent shutdown was in 2018 when the government was shut down a record 36 days. Boy, we, we don't even remember in that. In the state or the feds? The U.S. Uh, that was a Trump presidency. The U.S. is on the verge of a 22nd government shutdown in five decades with Congress facing a September 30th deadline to pass appropriation bills to fund the government. There you go. So they happen every once in a while. Five years ago. You know, what are you going to do? Is that why we elected them? So they couldn't? Yes. yes. <laughs> hey, they still get paid. Come on. Even if there's a shutdown. Former President Jimmy Carter and former First Lady Rosalind Carter made a surprise trip to the Plains Peanut Festival in Plains, Georgia on Saturday. That gave me the bad cartoon bubble, Jim. Yeah, how'd that oh, go? No. What? In a wheelbarrow? Yeah. I think. What the... the Carters, both born in Plains, rode in a black SUV through the festival while attendees took pictures and waved at them. A beautiful day for President and Mrs. Carter to enjoy a ride through the Plains Peanut Fest uh, Festival. The Carter Center wrote on X, we're betting peanut butter ice cream is on the menu for hashtag Yeah, we don't Jimmy care, Carter. John. We don't care. Hey, don't care. Uh, can, you, yeah. do, can, yeah. you, can you do Jimmy Carter? Frank, can no. you do Jimmy Carter? No. No, that's right. Uh, this is Jimmy Carter. Are we on? Am I, am I on? You're you on. Are. We just go right on it. <laughs> that's why we interrupted uh, the news, Frank. Uh, Did you guys just I mean, call Caliendo? Yes. Yeah. No, oh, he called yeah. us. 
I just texted him, and he responded, and he's coming to town. <laughs> you want to fr- join us on the show when you're in town? <laughs> Hi, Frank. Uh, no, I'm just doing this phone call. I dated Rook into getting me on. Then I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in." I, I, I there was some. Uh, there must have been some kind of miscommunication, uh, and that's you know, I, people always say that when they're lying. But I, I actually did say, "Is uh, I, I said to somebody in PR over there, I said." Hey, Garage Logic, I'd love to go on there too. Yeah, uh, and never heard anything about it. So, but uh, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> you, you just blamed uh, us. You yes, just turned did. it around and blamed us. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I don't even think it was you. I don't think it was you. I thought I, I. My guess is that somebody who just they didn't know what to. You know, they don't. I they never I, heard I, I, of us. Yeah, you can I say it. Say it out loud. Yeah, I you know. Can say yeah. it. You, you can our, say it. Forced our hand. When when are you at Acme? Acme is Wednesday. What's today? Monday? Yeah. So that's why when Rook texted me, do you want to come in? I'm like, yeah, but can I call really quick? Because people need a day to get, you know, if they're, you know, I'll come in on, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, but please do. Tickets available left for this Wednesday, which is the 28th and 20, no, 27th and 28th. Yes. So Wednesday and Thursday I'm there. It's about, it's, they're getting close to sold out, but they're not sold out yet. So AcmeComedyCompany.com or Frank onstage.com. Okay. And we'll do a lot of bat drop. It's going to be very, very good. The likes, <laughs> which I'm saving Gotham City from the likes of the Riddler, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, and a lot of other people. There's a tremendous amount of people. What state? What are we doing? What are we, where, did, where did Trump get that little, he got that whisper thing? It's like he took it from Biden. Right. Yeah. Like he saw that yeah. work from Biden. Biden yeah. says that, it's not politics, it's science. Frank, then he yells on top of the whisper. Oh yeah, it's 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 the whisper yell. There's a there's that he it starts out with a this or that press a premise. Uh, right. so he'll be like, It's not politics, it's science. It's science. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. It's the humidity. It's not delivery, it's the giorno. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, a Biden Trump debate. Oh my god, that'd be wonderful, yeah, oh, Frank. Oh that, that you you couldn't even see that. It's a, Trump would get up there like, let's do a maze. Let's do a maze. See if you can get to the end of it. <laughs> That's what we'll do is we'll find the cheese. I already found the cheese. And the cheese stands alone. It's a tremendous cheese. We're, we're doing Gouda. We're doing Gouda. We're doing Swiss. The Swiss, the Swiss are very good. They're very good. Possibly the best. Uh, there's the Havarti. I'm not sure what the Havarti is, but it's a tremendous cheese. Munster, the Munster, Eddie Munster, which is what you kind of remind me of Grandpa. You remind me of Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe, partially Dracula. Then is what? Then Bo. Who's the one who's in trouble? That's, uh, is that Bo? Hunter. That's Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. 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 Bo is in we trouble. He just can't feel Bo. it. <laughs> almost got trouble. Well, Trump would have done it. Yeah. Hunter Biden, the Eddie Munster. Of, uh, <laughs> Hunter, oh. on his laptop, on his laptop, with, with a picture of him oh, with God. his little <laughs> werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, if I if I were Trump in, in a debate with Biden, I'd be like, let's just let's do this. Let's do this. First one to the exit wins. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about let's it. do a maze. <laughs> oh, my God. First one to the exit. Yeah. It's like that's every time I see Joe Biden and I'm not a political person. I just I just I, I don't trust anybody. That's where I'm at. I'll join the club. That's us. Yeah. Yep. But but. There are all. There's always three ways you can go when you're done speaking: to the left, to the right, or back. Yep. Biden wanders to the front. How does that? How does that? You know not to go forward after a speech, right? But he'll do that. Like he'll just walk straight ahead. You're like. You got it. Nah, whatever. Frankie, <laughs> Frankie precedes the whispering by with yelling. If you caught him talking very loudly, then he goes oh, yeah. to the whisper. Oh yeah, he'll do that. He's yeah, like, we got a problem here. And then he says, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> yeah. Let me be clear. <laughs> it's eight o'clock. <laughs> going to bed. We're going to bed. I do another thing. I do a thing in my act where he's because uh, I I just make fun of both of them uh, in in as many ways as possible. But the uh, Trump would make up numbers. Trump's numbers are like you know we yeah. we got over a billion people in here more than McDonald's served <laughs> in the eighties. Yep. <laughs> over one billion served. And it's like he's P.T. Barnum, but, but but Biden doesn't really know the numbers anymore. Right. It, and, and everything goes back to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. He'd be like, when I was a young man back in Scranton, Pennsylvania? 30, 4, 4, 5, 6, 600 years. It was 600 A.D. It was the fall of the Roman Empire. And the leaders, the father of the Romans, the leaders, Mario and Luigi. Come on, come on, come on, come on, I don't have to tell you. That's my other favorite line. I don't have to tell you. No, you do have yeah, to tell you. We need that. And, and Frank, and Frank, what, everything's not a joke. It's not a joke. I'm not joking. It's no joke. It's no joke. This is a real oh deal. God. This is it. This is it. All right. Like, well, never mind. You don't have to come in. Yeah, Wednesday. you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wednesday no, night. Good. At Acme Comedy, you can go to acmecomedycompany.com. What was your other website? Frank, Frank on, on Stage. stage. Frank on Stage. Com. And that just takes you to the Acme site as well, but all the other dates. So, gotcha. Wednesday the uh, 27th Acme. and Thursday the 28th. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll talk to the uh, Acme people and get out. And uh, I'll be there with you uh, probably Wednesday. Good. Perfect. We'll look forward Perfect. to it. Nice, Frank. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank See you, bro. Thank you. Bye, Thank bye. You. Goodness bye. gracious. That yeah. was funny. <laughs> I didn't okay, know. Okay, I delivered for the day. I'm done. Yeah, you did yeah, your work. Okay, I don't yeah. know. Well, just make sure we see him on Wednesday. Okay. I don't know if to do a follow up. Do you yeah. think Bat Trump is a fan of brats? Oh, yeah. Oh, He's probably a, or a fan an assortment of, of grilled meats. I can see that Frank would like to get out to Grunhofer's and take a load back with him to California. It'd be tremendous. Because you'd be, it's the best. <laughs> They're tremendous. They're not, they're nothing, no, there's nothing like them. He wants to put them through a maze. Right. First one to the end wins. <laughs> it's the cheese. <laughs> Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. I'm sure there's nothing like that in California. Uh, and right now, get into a Grunhofer's. Uh, it's either in Hugo or Forest Lake, and you can sign up to win a free 10-pound prime rib roast. They'll just pick your name out of a meat bucket. Yeah. And you got your name and phone number <laughs> on there. And then you get the you get the meat. The drawing's October 14th. And also, they're, they're looking for crew. You want to be in the meat business? They're looking for crew at Grunhofer's. 
Uh, and they've got you covered for every football football game day. Call and place an order. Put something together. Call them. Give them a little heads up, and then you're the uh, you're the host of the year. Call the uh, Hugo store at 651-426-2800 or the Forest Lake store, 651-982-1182. Store number three coming soon to the White Bear Lake area. It's always, Grunhofer's. Always adding what, what new is products. That? What is that now? Oh, um, don't uh, show me that. I'm yeah, going to get it's hungry. meat and cheese snack packs. Oh, yeah. So you got little cut-up cheese and you got little cut-up uh, beef sticks. This is where to get it. This is where you go. You go to Grunhofer's. Always dynamic. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Absolutely the best. They're just about uh, due north of Hugo on Highway 61. And they're in Forest Lake on uh, 97, immediately east of 35. As I mentioned, that new store coming soon to the White Bear Lake area, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. (laughs) I'm ready. Taylor Swift is a Chiefs fan. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. You know, Frank Caliendo is really a funny guy, but he's also a nice guy, and he's also very charitable. He's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. He helps people out, and especially in that industry. And I've got another group that helps people out, probably (laughs) even more so than Mr. Caliendo, and that's Minnesota Masonic Charities online. At mnmasoniccharities.org. Wow. M-N- nice. Masonic. Really you know nice. What? When Grandpa needs to get, he's getting close to that age where he needs to get to the home. You know, blow like, his nose all day. Sometimes it's a little closer to, to life than you think. Uh, you can put him or her in actually, seriously, top drawer. They have the greatest buildings down there, and they have a wonderful home where they take care of the old people, your loved ones, your relatives that you want to have uh, a wonderful care for. They're on a great campus down there in Bloomington, and all you have to do is learn about it, and then get your loved one all set for a wonderful, and let's just face it, end of life eventually. Go to mnmasoniccharities.org. That's mnmasoniccharities.org. Poke around, look at their uh, wonderful, wonderful buildings, listen to their podcast, and check out their scholarships for next year. mnmasoniccharities.org. Hello? Yep. <coughs> yep. Did you get it all out? <laughs> You didn't hear that, did you? No. No. As far as you know. As far as you know. Only because they come to us all the way from Eden Prairie, Minnesota. All the way. Where the traveling Lymans are taking a bit of a breather on their worldwide travels. Call them up and get them in here. Oh, yeah. Uh it's this day in history. On this day, September 25th, in 1867, Horace Goodhue Jr. opened a prep school in Northfield with 23 students. The institution is first known as Northfield College, but a generous donation from William Carlton of Charlestown, Massachusetts, inspired its later name, Carlton College. Which leads me to wonder, why did somebody out in Massachusetts donate money to a school in Northfield, Minnesota? Maybe he went there. Okay. On this day. Or maybe it was 
political ownership. Could be. Maybe mm. uh, on this day. 925. In 1896, Generals Oliver O. Howard, Daniel Sickles, Alexander Stewart, and Russell Alger spoke against the Silver Standard, a populist platform, and in support of William McKinley to an audience of about 6,000 at St. Paul's Auditorium. On their speaking tour of the northwestern states, the generals also stopped at Lesseur, Little Falls, Mankato, St. Peter, hmm. and Wilmer. Okay. On this day... <laughs> 9 to 5. In 1937, Ironton thug John Henry Seedland had accomplice James Atwood Gray kidnapped Charles Sherman Ross in Chicago. The kidnappers demanded a $50,000 ransom from their hideout near Emily, Minnesota. Hmm. In the end, Seedland murders Ross and Gray at a location north of Spooner, Wisconsin. Seedland would be captured at a racetrack in California and executed by order of the state of Illinois in 1938. And may I say something? Please. Ironton Thug, meaning Cros- as in Crosby Ironton from the town of Ironton, Minnesota. I imagine. Ironton Thug, John Henry Seedland. In 1937, that would have been uh, a bit of a trip to go to Emily, Minnesota. Yeah. It's, it's up there. What year? 27? 1937. 37, okay. Kenny agrees with you. Kenny thinks you're right. Yeah, he does. Probably uh, even... I- Probably even more so, maybe if it had been 1917. Yes? I have your answer about the Carleton College. uh, I knew you would. Yeah. uh, William was introduced to the Reverend James W. Strong, the president of Minnesota's fledgling Northfield Northfield College. Shortly thereafter, the Reverend was seriously but not fatally injured when his carriage was hit by a train. Oh, boy. Upon learning about Strong's almost miraculous survival, Carleton was so moved he gave fifty thousand dollars to the college i'll be damned hmm. well thank you for that and then the james gang rolled into town and stole it right just took it all away no. yeah. just grabbed it so but, you know in 1937 it would have been you know you didn't have the freeway system right so really you were you were taking the back roads basically yeah maybe huh. 61 hot air balloon know. yeah well i've just <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's called asphalt. Right. Yeah. Before that was invented. Before yeah. that. Uh, I guess that's a sign from the green room that. We're uh, Pat, were you in the green room when Frank Caliendo joined us? No, I missed him. I he, him. Yeah, he was just on. He'll be here in person Wednesday. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you, G. Ellers. I feel good. <laughs> Uh, you will feel good if you go to YouTube and subscribe to Garage Logic. It's a free service, and you can um, have a lot of fun watching those videos. You go down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Uh, speaking of Garage Logic, go to garagelogic.com, sign up for the town council, 10 bucks a month, $100 for the year, entertains you prior to the show, in the middle of the show, during the breaks, and post-show content. Plus, you got access to the screen 24-7. Great highlights, always adding. I just added seven more highlights there on Thursday. So check out the GarageLogic stream 24-7. And buy all of your GarageLogic garb. We have some good garb at garagelogic.com. Let's go 
check it out. You can shop online. Innovative Handling Solutions. You want to come work for me? Come on. Come on. I'll start you out at 17 bucks an hour. We're hiring. We're hiring. You got to take the bus. Yeah. You got you. 